When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of SB Nations, the Dream Shakes, the Dream Take podcast. My name's Mike Brown, and tonight we are, well, let me preface this by saying that we actually did not get to do a post-game show after the game last night due to technical difficulties that I was having. However, we have since gotten those fixed. We are back online ready to go. So happy Selection Sunday to everybody out there. We are going to do something a little bit different tonight uh, here at the Dream Take. Instead of just rehashing what seems to be a very familiar type of show since we are now the worst team in the league. What are we, 15 and 52? Uh, We're going to do a little roundtable discussion tonight. And one thing that I always like to lean on as one of the two hosts of this show is we like to be interactive. We like to give our listeners the ability to have their voices heard, to have their opinions heard about this Rockets team, about the future of the Rockets, what they're seeing now. Uh, We give our opinions, Jeremy and I do, but we like to make our listeners feel as heard as anybody. So what I'm doing tonight is if you're in the room here on Spotify live. Thank you so much. Hit that request to speak button, bring you up on stage. Let's have a conversation about anything Houston Rockets related. What you saw last night, I was at the game for the first time last night. So I've got some thoughts on the game day experience. What I saw when we were at the game, shout out to my boy, Austin for the tickets. Uh, great game to be at. Um, but again, what are you guys feeling as Rockets fans? Tell me, come up on stage, hit that request to speak button. If you're listening to this on, uh, tomorrow or in the next couple of days, you can tweet me at Mike Brown underscore 2020, but I want this conversation to be driven by our listeners of what do you guys see? What are you excited about? What are you not happy about? And I'll start it off, first of all, last night at the game. The game day experience for me over the years, and again, I'm not doing this show from Austin or Dallas or Minneapolis or wherever. We record these shows. Jeremy's in in Orlando. He's in Florida. I am in Houston. I've been a Rockets fan my entire life. The game day experience last night, I gave it a C+. I thought there was things that I liked. I think that they're doing new, innovative things at the game, which is great. And it's, it's cool to see 
um, them trying new things at the game. But at the end, and as Sean points out in the chat here on Spotify Live, when you don't win games, it's hard to give a really good fan base experience when you're at the game. You know, like I am somebody, and, I, and we were talking up a couple fans um, who sat next to us at, at the game last night. You know, when I told him I, I do the, you know, this show, and he goes, so you're honestly telling me that you do a show or you guys do a show after every single Rockets game? I said, yes, sir. I said, in the last three-plus years, Jeremy and I believe tonight will be episode 420, I want to say. And the team has had the worst record in the league the last three years. So one of the things that I knew I wanted to talk about tonight was I pray to God that this is the last year of just being obscenely bad at basketball. I hope it is. Because, ladies and gentlemen, that game that they played last night, they suck. You know, the Rockets are just not good. They are in desperate need of a point guard. You saw last night what Patrick Beverly brings to that Chicago team. I saw it firsthand last night. Patrick Beverly can still play the game at a really, really high level. He's basically another coach on the court. Again, Rockets roundtable discussion here on Spotify Live. Hit that request to speak button if you want to come up on stage. Let's talk all things Houston Rockets. Uh, I am wide open this evening on anything that you guys want to talk about, you want brought up on the show. Um, And until that point, I will continue to bring in what I believe, as I'm joined by the godfather of soul himself, Lewis Brown, out in Sugarland, Texas. My pops, my dad, well, he likes to say, you know, we've never seen a, uh, what is it, what is it called, dad? The... It's never been proven that you're the father, but we have a pretty good idea. Well, I think the DNA is almost back in, so yeah. What's going down? What do you want to talk about? Well, I, you know, I had the the pleasure of you setting up a very pleasant uh, belated birthday gift last night, thanks to Austin Barber, um, going to the Rockets game and sitting in like three rows from the court. And um, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought the game was very, very competitive. I thought we were in it. But what, you know, you and I have discussed is, you know, in the last, you know, five or six minutes, you know, DeRozan, Zach Levine, those guys kind of took over the game. And I think that is a piece that this team is, is missing right now. Yeah, I, I mean, we watched that. We watched the game last night. I, they just J- Jabari. First of all, Jabari had a great game last night. He's coming into his own, which makes all these people who wrote him off so early just look dumber than they already do. Uh, but Beverly is a massive piece for them. Demar Rosen is whatever. You know, I, you're never going to win a title. And by the way, just so fans know. I said two things to the referee last night and an HPD officer nearly asked me to leave, which I thought was a little (laughs) soft. Um, You know, but the the biggest thing for me is moving forward. And you tell me if you disagree with this. You and I were talking about this last night. 
the Bulls are never going to win a title with Billy Donovan. They're never going to win a title when their best player is Zach Levine slash DeMar DeRozan. Do you agree with that sentiment or no? Because I don't think Billy Donovan can coach his way out of a paper bag. I thought he was overrated in Oklahoma City, and I think he stinks in Chicago. They got some other nice pieces, too. They got well, Fusevich. It's just not a you know. Well, it wasn't that difficult, you know, in Oklahoma City when at one point he had, you know, Durant, Westbrook, Harden, and Ibaka, you know. Um, that tends to make even the most mediocre of coaches look pretty good. Um, I just I, – I think the Bulls right now are stuck in a – a Zach Levine uh, contract that is, you know, going to stop, prevent them from, you know, getting, getting better. And it just looks like, you know, Milwaukee and Boston are, are going to be the class of the East for a while, you know? Well, but I bring that up to say that the Rockets right now, you know, Oh, they have all this salary cap space. I didn't, if you're going to give that out, it needs to be, be to players that are better than DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine. Respectful to, respectfully to them, they cannot cut corners with this, with this rebuild. And what, and what I mean by that, yeah, when but, I say cut corners, yeah. I, I'm over it. You know me. I'm, I'm done with this. But, you know, don't go out there and go give a max contract to Chris Middleton, is what I'm trying to say, because you're not going to win with that. If you're going to be handing out that type of money, it needs to be to a game changer. Is my point. Yes, but the game changer, whoever they may be, has to want to come here. Well, you know, the money talks though. Yeah, no, I hear you. has done a really good job of, you know, d- tearing this franchise down just about to the ground. You know, we're like the Astros. We're going to be like the worst team or close to it for like the third year in a row. Um, you got to get lucky and get that number one pick. Then you get the number one pick. Then you might got You might have a couple of guys who are going to want to come here and be part of this. You're not getting, you know, I haven't even looked at the free agent list for next year, you know? So I have it. I have it here. I have it pulled up right in front of me. You're talking about the likes of Westbrook pass. Chris Middleton. I like Chris Middleton. The problem with Chris Middleton is that he's 32. And I don't think he's leaving Milwaukee. I, I think he would be out of his mind to leave Milwaukee at this point. You got Harden, you have Irving, you? you have Chris Stapps, Porzing, Kevin Love, D'Angelo Russell. We just saw Vucevic last night. Vucevic doesn't do anything for me. I tell you. Now, he's got a player option at $24.9 million, but he might be looking for a long-term deal. Would you kick the tires on Draymond Green? Really? No. Oh, I would love Draymond. No. If he's leaving, he's going to go back home to Detroit. Interesting. Would you make a run at Fred Van Fleet? Depends who you get. You know, if you end up with Scoot yeah. Henderson, no. True. That's a good point. Jeremy Grant's out there. He doesn't do anything for me. Bogon, Bogdanovich, Karis Levert. Well, we could have had him no. before our cheap-ass owner, you know, didn't want to take him on in the Harden deal. <laughs> Um, there's some other guys on here. I mean, Terrence Ross, he's 32. I don't think you're going after him. Beverly's going to be a free agent. I can't believe Beverly's almost 35. 
Beverly's been in the league for a while. Yeah. Don't forget, he played overseas for a while, yeah. too. I got to tell you, I don't think they're going to let him walk. Would you make a run at Dylan Brooks from Memphis? Oh, <laughs> I give him a, I give him a lot. Oh yeah, yeah, I like that kid. Oh, he's tough. But that's it, you know. I mean, then you start talking, you start getting into guys like Bruce Brown Jr. from Denver, um, Otto Porter Jr., Kobe White. We saw him last night. I don't hate Kobe White as a backup point guard, but you already have Ty Ty. Well, I mean, you know, they have to play Ty Ty and stop sending him down to the G League. If you could, if you could hand pick <laughs> the the next head coach for the Rockets, who would it be? If I, if I gave you a blank check and I said, you can handpick your successor, I won't even call it a successor to, to what, whatever the hell uh, Silas is doing right now. Um, who would you pick? Does he have yes. to be living? Well, give me a realistic. Oh, okay. If you could, and don't, don't tell me Phil Jackson. Like, don't, don't give me Phil Jackson. Give me a real. No, I wouldn't a give realistic option for the next head coach. If you can hand you and I have talked about Cassell. Yeah, you're still okay. So you're still locked in on Cassell. And I think th- what attracts me to that is because I have seen the the Texans fan base kind of get f- fired up again a little bit when they hired D'Amico Ryan's, you know, and. Um, I just think, you know, you, you're bringing, you know, one of your own back. Um, you know, Sam can pick his coaching staff or I just – I think it would be a nice – I still think he's young enough to still get along with these prima donna diva knuckleheads today. And um, that's who I would like. I don't want to retread. I don't want Lionel Hollins. I don't want – um, the only other person well, that I would consider is after U of H wins the national championship is Kelvin Sampson. Would you have any interest? In- yes. Okay. Look, Sampson to me is the guy. He makes so much sense for this team. Now you got to win the national title though. Cause he's not leaving. I don't think unless he wins that national title. But everything is lined up for his son to take over. He gets to stay in the city of Houston. He's close to his family. I It makes a lot of sense. But I don't know. But the thing about it is, and, you know, we have these types of conversations now of it all comes down to the draft. If they get lucky and they get Victor Wenbanyama, it's a franchise-altering move. There's other moves to be made, obviously, but that's the problem with what the Rockets have done is that now it's out of their hands. They no longer control their own destiny with, the, with this draft. They're putting it in, into the ping pong gods' hands, and it hasn't worked out for them two years in a row. That's the scary part. And, I, again, I'm at the point now. No. After being at the game last night and you know having nearly no money left after going to the, to the team store – they actually improved what they have in the team store, so I do give them credit for that. <laughs> I'm at this point, yeah, I'll say this out loud, I can't believe I'm saying this, the Rockets deserve to get the third overall pick in the draft. They don't deserve a top two pick. Because the way that Why? they've gone about this rebuild is 
wrong. It's wrong, and it's never worked before. Ever. Would you think it's better for San Antonio to just gut their, you know, sit their guys, and you think that's, that tanking is okay? I didn't say that. I didn't say no. See, don't, listen, I, I'm not saying that that's right, that's wrong. I'm saying that's what the Rockets deserve. I, I think they're, they're going to get the number one pick. I, I have a really strange feeling. I didn't feel this way in the last two years. You got to think, man, that the la- you know, the, you've been the worst team in the league record-wise the last two years, and you haven't gotten the number one pick. That's sketchy to me. This is the year I feel like. You also, which I think would be awesome. Well, you also yeah. think about if you're the NBA, and Jeremy and I have talked about this. I think the lottery is rigged. Do you? You know me. I am the. I think it's hundred percent. I am rigged. the uh, the eternal. Yeah, you know. I think it was rigged back when the Knicks got Patrick Ewing. You know. Um, the, the 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 Cavaliers ending up with LeBron. LeBron, yeah, like come yeah. on, man, are you kidding me? You know the best prospect to ever come out, and you got to think, right? If you're if you're the NBA, where would you want Victor Wembanyama to end up? Right? When you start looking at, you know, Detroit. Detroit just got the number one pick with Cade Cunningham. I don't see them getting it again, right? And then you, and then it jumps to. San Antonio. I think San Antonio, I could see it, dude. I 100% could see San Antonio ending up with the number one. Well, you know. Especially with all those international connections that they have. And Sean points out, no team with the worst record has ever gotten the number one pick in the draft. That's the second part to this. And I appreciate him bringing that up. It's time. Like, it's time for something like that to happen. Well, it's, you know, to switch sports for a minute to my favorite football team, you know, the Dolphins' new defensive coach made a comment that the league is better when the Miami Dolphins are relevant, you know? And I think in the NBA, I think the league is better when the Rockets are in the hunt, you know, I honestly do. Um, you know, that, you know, we know they're going to pile up the Lakers and the Knicks, I get it, and the Celtics. But, you know, it's got to come to a point to where, you know, this is a great franchise. We need to get back on the, the winning trail again. And I think it works good for everybody, you know. Well, I think it's uh... – I, I don't know if it's individually, you know, it, the league is better when the Rockets are better. I think the league is better when teams aren't trying to tank, you know. And I think, and when you know, we talked about this on the show before. Um, that you know, we're Dolphins fans, right? Look at what the Dolphins did today. Look at what the Dolphins have done the last two years by acquiring the likes of Tyreek Hill, Jalen Ramsey today, the amount of money that their owner has had to, you know, pay out recently with, you know, signing, you know, converting salaries to signing bonuses so they can free up cap space. That's what a good owner does. Now, 
he's gotten the team into trouble with tampering and other things, but I don't mind that because that's an owner that shows that he cares. Tillman, what has Tillman done? I, I honestly ask this. What has he done since he's been an owner that shows that he gives a damn about this team? That's a real question. I could carry one, one move. Because all he's done since Harden wanted out was every move that he's made is to shed salary. Can, can, have you thought about that? Like every trade that he has made, he gave out that ridiculous contract number one to Daniel Tice. Then they misplay him, blame it on him, and trade him less than half a year later. Well, crazy, you know, like to me. the Gordon trade. I mean, we ended up with zippity doo Nothing. Literally yeah. nothing. You know, we had Holiday, got rid of him. We had, um, what's his name? Danny Green, who cares? Got rid of him. They kept Kaminsky. What, to keep Boban company? I don't know. Yeah, right. And I said it at the beginning of the year, and we saw this last night. Um... We saw this last night that Boban is a waste of a, a roster spot. I just, you and I both coached basketball. Not, nothing crazy. Everybody knows that roster spots are limited. Why are we wasting a spot on Boban? I, I just don't get it. I like him. I mean, interviewing him, the nicest guy in the world. I got to meet him a couple of years ago. Great guy. You know what I don't, you know what? You know what sports doesn't care about? And this is what people don't talk about often enough. Sports doesn't care about feelings. Like, it is an emotionless activity. It's either you win the game or you don't, unless you're in hockey where you can tie. But you know what I'm trying to get at? Like, the, the, everybody who gets in their feelings about, I saw we heard people talking about it last night. Oh, you know, the Rockets played hard, which is good. No, they lost, which sucks. I just I don't I don't believe in the front office to write this ship, dude. I just don't. And it sucks. Well, it's a, it's an this awful is it. this this is the year. I mean this this draft will either propel this team back up into upper echelon, or we'll stay mediocre for another five years. I mean, mediocre. I mean, it's hard to be me- – dude, they've been awful. You know, and, and we're going to the game last night, right? We were down in the, in the club area. What this team is charging people for food and drinks and other things is absurd. It just is. I, I'm, I'm actively telling people, and I really don't care. You and I, we, we didn't go – I think we went to, what, two games last year? Last night was our first game of the year. If you're a Rockets fan, save your money. Watch it from would you agree? Would you go back to another game this year? With those tickets, I would. Well, yeah, with those tickets. But would you would you buy tickets yourself and go down and watch this team play basketball? No, because there is no like. Okay, That's if we win the night, we're in. Or right, exactly, exactly, and it's an awful feeling, man. Like we walk in last night, and obviously we were going to go. We were gifted the tickets. We had a great time. You know, we had a great time, the four of us, when, when we went. But my problem is with what they're doing, they they don't deserve that fandom, you know? 
Well, they don't have it. So. Well, they do because they do because we still watch all the games. Whether you want whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent, we still watch all the games. You know, we're still buying stuff in the in the team shop. You know, buying all the hats. The hats are really cool. You know, we ended up walking out with what two hats and a and a koozie last night. You know, the San Diego Rocket stuff that they're doing is awesome. Well, and they they realize that whatever they're doing now isn't working. So let's go back to the you know the the rocket the San Diego Rocket days. You know, just something different. But no, this. This team as is, no. And it's going to start with the coach, and it's going to start with the luck of the the draw. Um, and then we're just going to have to go from there. I think if they get if they get Vic, this is a playoff team next year. Because unless, the, unless he wins the title, I feel like Harden is coming back. Are you going to welcome Harden back? Are you going to be somebody that's excited for him to come back home? Because I feel like this is his home. I'll have to go back to Plato's and see if any of my jerseys are still around. You still, um, got, the, you still got the shoes. Yeah. Would I welcome back? I would welcome him back for for a couple of reasons. First, and I told you this last night, if we would have had him in there at the end of the game, we have a good shot to win that game, you know? Um, and it just shows me, and it's okay to admit when you make a mistake and, you know, he owned this town. He, you know, these were the best years and, um, you know, he just might have to be one of those guys and just say, you know what? I'm, I'm just not going to win a ring. Yeah. I hear you. You have any final thoughts before I get to Sean? Oh yeah. We got to bring Sean on, but, um, no, I just thank you and Austin again. It was in Alex. It was a great time. Um, I, you know, sometimes you've got to look past the wins and the losses and, you know, sometimes it's like going to a movie. Just sometimes you, people want to go for just the enjoyment or just, you know, to watch the other team, which there were plenty of Chicago Bull fans there last night. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we don't need to get into some of the other comments that we heard at the game last night. Pops, it's always fun. Back at you. You got what looks like to be the final speaker of the night, Sean. Sean, what's up, brother? Hey, Mike, how you doing? Good, man. What's going on? Uh, No, just um, you didn't want to – you should have kept your dad up there. That'd be great. Riffing uh, riffing with your dad on the uh, Rockets history. We'll bring it. We'll bring him back. We'll bring him yeah. back on a future show. Yeah. No, but um, I just want to say, you know, I yeah, uh, getting the number one pick would be uh, pretty amazing with Wemby. And it, the one thing I wanted to point out with uh, Harden and coming back is that it's it's actually a pretty like I, I look at it and think that well, if he wins the title, I think he comes back. Is that he doesn't have anything else to prove, or if he were to, you know, or let's say Philly bounces early. You know, let's say Philly ends up exiting early from the playoffs in the second round, which is a possibility because you've still got Milwaukee and Cleveland, still got Milwaukee and Boston. they got to go through anyway, and they're the third seats and be on the road. Sure. 
Um, but the good thing, at least from a Rockets perspective, is because of his age, Philly can't actually offer him a five-year Supermax. Yeah, it's, you know, we, we've talked at length about the Harden coming back. And the term that I used was bring him back home. Because he's a Rocket. You know, when he goes into the Hall of Fame, he's going to go in as a Rocket, unless he wins a title with Philadelphia. The East is loaded. I, I don't know if Philadelphia can get out of the East. And he may look at this, man, and he may say, this is a situation that I can get down with. And we saw it last night when we were at the game. The Rockets are in such desperate need for a point guard at this point. There, we didn't we didn't catch it last night, but I know it's made its rounds today, Sean. I don't know if you've seen the video of the KPJ yeah. kind of throwing his hands up in the first quarter, and then getting into the yeah. Hollins in the second. Yeah, I, oops. Okay. Wait, he got into it with who in the second? Lionel Hollins on the sidelines. Oh, I did. I didn't see yeah, that. Yeah, okay. and Tari had the Tari Easton had step in the middle. Um, other this, yeah, that's interesting. Into the second quarter, he was coming off the court. So okay. Yeah, yeah, it's been a day with Selection Sunday, the Dolphins getting Ramsey. So I did not see that. I saw where Jabari didn't pass him the ball. I did see the comments from Jabari after the game last night where Jabari's starting to get a little salty about the disrespect that he's seeing, and I love that. Because I think Jabari, Jabari's everything right about the modern-day athlete, in my opinion. I think he's everything right. I think he's, I think he's brash. Yeah. I think he's... This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys! It's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy. Available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Feels that he's not respected enough, and he, he, he's a stud. We watched him play last night. That There's not a lot of dudes that are going to be able to one-on-one cover him going forward. So I think you've got – I think you've got – realistically, Jalen is going to be a cornerstone of this team. I think that Jabari is a cornerstone of this team. I think that's it. I really do. I think those are the two – Cornerstones. And I was telling Pops last night, we were watching. I saw Shingoon up close for the first time in a couple of years. Sean. Vucevic ate him alive. Yes. He's not good. Shingoon is not good enough defensively to anchor a defense. He just isn't. It's not his fault, 
but he's not that guy. No, I mean, for Shingun to be effective, he just has to find some way to be league average at defense. But even more importantly, Shingun's got to be able to shoot jumpers. Like, he has to... I mean, well, you could say, like, I mean, could he be, like, your Mame Okur, who was not a defensive anchor for those Jazz teams that had Deron Williams and Carlos Boozer on them, but he could pop out and hit jumpers and hit threes, which made him more than effective enough. Like, he didn't have to be a defensive stopper in the middle, but because he could at least stretch on the defense, it was hard to... You know, it's kind of hard to run that guy off the court in the playoffs. Now, no, the Jazz never won a title, but at the same time, if we could, if we could get past the Lakers with a, yeah, if if you could turn him into Mehmet Okor, that's a really good uh, comparison. Okor was a was a stud, but he sucked defensively. I mean, he was yeah, horrible. Yeah, he was he horrible. Did, but he could. But I mean, that's the thing. Like Shagoon's got better handles and better passive passing ability than Okura ever did. But if you give him the ability to at least stretch the, you know, stretch the defense, I mean, then you got a guy in um, Shingu gives you some of what Okura does, maybe gives you a little bit of what Sabonis does and a little bit of what a guy like Vladi Divac did for, um, uh, for the Kings way back in the day when when they had, I mean, if you're asking for a yeah. coach, actually kind of the coach I want, I want Rick Adelman's son, who's in Denver right now, is the lead assistant with uh, Mike Malone. That's the guy I'd love to have. Yeah. I think he, if you're keeping Shangun and if you're trying to lean into it, but at the same time, I, I look at the Rockets and it's hard for me to get to attach to any of these young guys because they don't have picks to trade. So you got to think like they don't, there's nobody interesting enough in free agency. So let's say you get Harden and Harden says, Hey, but we also need to get somebody else with me here. So you go out for a trade. Some of these young guys are going to have to get traded. They're going to have to get moved. You're not, I'll be one. You can't keep them all. And two, you don't really have the picks by themselves. You can't compete with, I mean, OKC's got more picks than you do. The Knicks have more picks than you do. Um, even Brooklyn has more picks than the Rock. Have more have more attractive picks than the Rockets have to trade. So some of these guys have to go. You may have to like you don't want to lose Jabari Smith, but you may have to put Jabari Smith into the deal. You can get. I can't, dude. You can't, you can't do that. You and I, you and I both know you can't do that. Because I, I think you're, I think you're giving up a potential All Star in Jabari. I really Speak up a little bit, John. It's sorry, it's hard to hear you. Sorry, it's hard to hear you, Sean. Say that again. I mean, what if you unloaded Jabari and the picks to Charlotte and got Lamella Ball? I wouldn't do that deal. I wouldn't do it. It's. I like ball. You've got to me. You've got to ask yourself if you're making a move like that. Can you envision your roster winning a title with him? I don't think Lamelo Ball is ever going to win a title. I think he's a really good individual player. He's to me, he's Zach Levine. Not that, not not stylistically, but impact on roster. He's Zach Levine. You're never going to win a title with him as your best player. 
the way I see it. Fair enough. I just, I, 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 you yeah, know what I mean? I'm just trying to think what else is the other, like, you, you would, if you get Harden, it, hey, let's say you get Nibinyama, adding Harden to this team doesn't make it a playoff team. Like, there's still something else you need, and there's still other guys you're going to have to move off of, but you can't keep them all. I mean, that's going to be with the two first round picks this year. You're going to have, what, nine total. I think nine total first round picks for the last three years on the roster. Yeah. But I could envision winning a title. But I, on that note, because I want to make sure I get this out while you say it, I could envision winning a title with Victor Wenbanyama. You can win a title with the type of. Uh, the type of player he looks to be. He is a franchise cornerstone type of talent, which is scary because the Rockets are right there, but they have to. Let's say you get him. Let's say you get Harden. This could be a 45 to 50 win team next year. Yeah. I think. What do you think? Um, I mean, given the where the rep, if everything pans, it, yeah, if everything pans out. Like, I mean, let's say yes, Jabari gets better next year. He's able to take the next step. Jalen Green becomes more consistent because he has at least other NBA veteran players next to him, helping him. Um, then yes, you can make a, but you can make that big leap. But it's also the big if because. I would need something else besides Harden. I don't think him by himself would transform the whole roster to a 45-win team. They'd have to find a way to get more um, veterans in the door. And really, they would need better veterans probably in the front court. Somebody that could could be a legitimate rim runner for Harden and some of the guys. And also just some guys who just play some – I mean, you just get down and dirty on defense, and you're not having to completely count on um, Eason or KJ Martin, who are both really good. But it seems like Harden, at his age and his ability, almost needs a roster that's a little bit older, or some of these guys have to take big leaps. I mean, think about when LeBron went back to Cleveland. Cleveland was bad for four consecutive years. And the only guys they kept from being bad those four years were Tristan Thompson and Kyrie Irving. Everything else, everything else got jettisoned. I mean, heck, they even traded Andrew Wiggins for um, Kevin Love, and they jettisoned everything else. And they went to a pretty veteran-heavy team, and they kept Tristan Thompson because they needed the, they needed at least some, at least one big guy. But that's the thing. That's what makes me think that. I mean, a lot of these guys are going to be gone next year. Not because they're not good, but just because if you bring Harden back, then they're probably going to pivot. And something else you have to consider is that, I mean, even if you keep Jabari and Green, and let's say you get Scoot or Wimby, you add Harden to the mix. Let's say you add some other veterans, and let's say they spend up to the cap number. You then got to realize, well, but at the end of the day, yeah, at right. some point, Green's going to have to get extended. He's had to get a second contract. Jabari would have to get a son, second contract. And whatever, hopefully, top two, hopefully we get one to your scoop, they would need a second contract. And that's the thing that 
we know about Tillman is that I can't see him spending it to the tax. I mean, he won't do it. I mean, heck, even the Astros don't spend it to the tax, and they've been winning titles. Well, yeah, I mean, they, it's embarrassing to ever compare Tillman to Jim Curry. I, that's, I hear you, man. Yeah. But this is – I think we've gotten a lot of the issues out there. I think the development side of the Rockets as well should come into question oh. because when you watch these guys like, last night, you know, I, I, give, I give a lot of credit to a guy like uh, Alperen Shangun because Shangun, we got there about 45 minutes before tip. Shangun's out there working. You know, he's out there getting shots up. I have no doubt that he's putting in the work. The difference is – if you give a coach a product that's – what would you say, Sean? I, I think Shangun is 80 to 90% of what he's going to be in this league already. Yeah, I, I don't see any of his skills really developing that much more. But a great coach can take a guy who's 80 to 90% done and get something more out of him. I don't know what it is, but it's the ability to get – that guy to improve on some aspect of his game, whether it's a three-point shot, whether it's his defense. You know, d- defensively, he's just not there right now. That's where I think he can take the biggest leap forward. Yeah. But that's, you know, you see with – I thought Lionel Hollins was a great get for this coaching staff. He sucked. What has he done? I, it just feels like he's, you know, but this was kind of like, well, he didn't really want to retire, so I'm going to collect the paycheck season. This, yeah, it's just one of those things where, like, you don't quite understand why some of the guys on the staff aren't getting through to the players. Like, you, like, and the thing is, I don't think Silas isn't teaching, but somehow Silas isn't able to convince them to do what they need to be doing. And these guys don't believe in what they're either, they really don't believe what they're being told, or they don't really have confidence in their games yet. As you can see that in the fourth quarter. Like, the first three quarters, they passed the ball. They moved it around. They did what they were supposed to do. They even were effective on defense, you know, when they needed the drop. Drop coverage worked. When they had to switch, switching worked. And then in the fourth quarter, they just stopped passing the ball. It got sticky. They just pounded the rock and tried to drive to the lane. And you're thinking, what, what are you all doing? Like, why did you all of a sudden abandon it? Like, yes, I know Chicago got hot from the field, but as soon as as soon as you hit adversity, they abandoned whatever they were doing. They fl- yeah, it, they folded. That's what they they folded. They folded in the fourth quarter, yeah. and it's crazy because there's no leadership. You know, and you see yeah. a guy like um, what's it called? You see a guy like Patrick Beverly. If, if if you could ask me, if you could tell me right now, if I could choose three things to happen for the Rockets in this offseason. It would be – I'm not saying I'm ready to move on from KPJ, but I think it's time that they part ways because I don't think he's ever going to be able to accept a role on this team that's not the starting point guard. This team will never do anything with him as a starting no. point guard. That was the worst – that was the dumbest mistake they ever made. Getting KPJ was not a mistake. Trying to turn him into a point guard was a mistake. Exactly. And that's what – exactly. that that – decision by itself right there is why we all agree at least, well this is the only part of the Rockets fandom that seems to agree that Stone doesn't know what he's doing 
and that having some sort of yeah well the rest of it it, ma- it's, it makes me laugh yeah it makes me laugh dude because i watch all these other fan boys and girls and who all love stone and i'm like Let's have a let's have an actual conversation about what this guy's done. I give him credit that he literally has tore down the roster, but basketball is not like football, and it's not like baseball, where you can tear down a roster in baseball down to its, you know, bare minimum, and you're going to get at minimum three to five years to rebuild it because you have to rebuild the farm system, you have to rebuild the main roster. Football is different because of the number of players. Yeah. Basketball is just totally separate. Because basketball, you, you dress 12 every night, and it takes one guy to turn the franchise around. But night in and night out, you need those auxiliary pieces to show up and produce. You know, that's why, if you could ask me, if you can give me three guys to add to this organization by next year, it's Beverly, Harden, and Victor Wendonima. Those are the three guys. Yeah. Because I feel I, like everything changes with those additions to this. I mean, I add Dylan Brooks to that. Oh, I mean, you, you can get oh. Dylan, and I, I mean, I could see it happening just because Memphis is going to have a lot of guys to pay, and Dylan may get squeezed out because of it. Because I, I think if they were going to keep Dylan Brooks, Memphis would have to. I think Memphis would have to face the tax because Desmond Bain's going to get the max. You know, John Morant's still going to get paid, and Jaron Jackson Jr. is getting paid big. Uh, you know, that's where it, you know, I mean, th- that's where it can hurt. No, to, to be fair to Memphis, though, to be fair to Memphis, Memphis right now is 26th in uh, 26th in payroll right now. But you got to look right now, they're paying, yeah. you know, Stephen Adams, they're giving nearly $20 million a year to. Tyus Jones makes $15 million a year, which is wild yeah. to me. Uh, but Jaw's going to, starting next year, his jumps up by three. Or uh, multiple this year he's making twelve point one. Next year he's making thirty three five. Yeah. Dylan Brooks, they're not paying anything. Brandon Clark, they've got on a phenomenal deal. He's making twelve and a half million. But yeah, Desmond Bain, he's getting three point eight. So they're gonna have to pay him. But those are the two guys that, if yeah. they can lock down Brooks and Bain, they're gonna be trouble for the next three to four years. They already are trouble. I, I love Memphis. And, you know, and if Jaw, Jaw is one of those guys that I root for because I think he's just a really, I think he's getting a bad rap right now. I think he's making some really stupid mistakes, but I think they're all fixable. Yeah. You know, I don't think he's a bad guy. Brooks is that, is their guy that they need to be that bad dude. Yes. You know, like he's the nasty to that team that, yeah. You know, don't, don't, you're not going to elbow my dude because I'm going to put you in the fourth row. The Rockets don't have that right now. No, no, they don't. But yeah. the reason why I could see, like, if they really wanted Brooks, the Rockets could get him and why it'd be harder for Memphis to keep him because the Rockets could offer him a salary that, you know, the, the Rockets could overpay him. And that's what it would take. Price, yeah, price Memphis yeah, out of it. Yeah, they could price Memphis out of it. I mean, it'd have to be an overpay, but fine. If I'm getting Beverly and Harden and I got Wimbanyama and I have to overpay Dylan Brooks, fine, go ahead, overpay Dylan Brooks. I mean, who cares? It's not my money. It's Dylan's money anyway. But if you're going to overpay, now's the time to go ahead and do it while you got a bunch of other young 
cheap guys on the roster. It's okay to overpay a Dylan Brooks to get your uh, folks back, you know, to kind of get the team back where it needs to be. But that's, I, hear I mean, that's where, I mean, of course that's where we're at, but that's also the thing that we look at the Rockets and say, well, can we really trust them? Like I, and the thing is I keep, you know, part of me says, well, historically, they've been a great franchise outside of these last three years. Um, but at the same time, the current brain trust and power had nothing to do with when they were good. Well, so here's, here's the last thing I'll say before we wrap the show up. Um, I think we've got a lot of great you know content put out on the table tonight. I think that ultimately I don't trust anybody in the Rockets front office. And I think we, we've talked about this move before. This is an outside-the-move type of offer I would make. I would fire Stone because I don't think they're ever going to do anything with like Stone. I would hand the reins over to Kenny Smith to run basketball operations if I was the Rockets. That's the guy. If you ever listen to Kenny Smith talk basketball, he knows, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's talking about. And I know there's going to be a lot of people out there that say, Mike, you keep bringing up guys to just bring them back to the organization between him and San it's because I feel like those guys are the right guys for this job and they have the right connection to the city that they would actually give a rip. And it's not just another job to these guys. That's all we were. We were a pit stop to Daryl Morey and Daryl Morey. And at this point I I miss Daryl. I wish Daryl would come back because now we see what the other side of this thing looks like without a competent GM. It sucks. No, it does. But I mean, honestly, I, a guy like Kenny Smith, I take back because I look at the, I mean, I look at the landscape of the, you know, who are the best GMs right now. And it seems like most teams that have a forward player in the general manager spot are the teams that are generally, generally doing better. And, and honestly, if you want to think, if you want to say, Hey, is there a possibility to get rid of stone? Then that's why you should pray for Victor. Is if you don't get a chance, if you haven't gotten a chance, go read that article that Jonathan Cavoni and Brian Windhorst put out. That was a few weeks ago on the Victor Wendell. They haven't done it yet. Go read it. And you can see how many yep. people Vic have behind him, like cultivating him, building him up. And you're realizing, yeah, Vic is, if the Rockets win the number one thing, Vic's going to have enough people behind him and enough push from the NBA that someone can make a call to Tillman if they get the number one pick and tell him, look, Vic is coming here, but only under these conditions. And you got to fire the whole coaching staff and you got to replace the front office and this is who we want in the door. And Vic, Vic has enough people behind him to have that kind of pull. Like coming into the NBA, that that's why they. But he shouldn't. That's a problem. See, that's a massive problem well, to me well, because he's I, never done anything. What is he? Doing? No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. But I mean, would you rather have Scoot and keep everything else the rest in place? Do I want Vic? And if I want Stone gone, and I want to take a chance on somebody else, then have a Victor Wembanyama come in and you clean the whole slate with a coaching staff. And you get hardened. It's another. Well, they should do that regardless, though. But well, they should do that anyway. But the the making any sort yeah. of demand when you've done nothing in the league, you can miss me with all of that. 
that's that's part of, that's part of the problem to me is these teams, for lack of a better term, need to grow the f up and know that you you run the show. And if you're the Rockets and Victor Wembanyama made any sort of demands to me, like, well, I'm not coming if if you guys don't do this. Cool, that's fine. I dare you. What are you gonna do? You're gonna stay over. No, yeah. no, no. He was that's, that's my point. I just think that, but but at the same time, I don't think the NBA is going to want Victor Wembanyama to come into a team and for that team to stay bad. Like, there's going to be a lot of extra pressure on the franchise that gets Victor Wembanyama to be good because they're not going to want a guy. They're not going to want to market a guy they can't put on TV. They're going to put him on TV, but they're also not going to want to put a 30-win team on TV either. The Rockets are going to have to get good. Well, and, but and they, would have no cho- they would have no choice but to get good because they're going to look at this and say, we have a franchise-altering type of cat here, and we need to capitalize on that. And that's why, if you're a Rockets fan, you need to root for the Philadelphia 76ers to win a title. Because if they win a title, all things are off the table. I, Harden is a Rocket. And if Harden is a Rocket, Harden can, and him and Beverly are close, you know, does, they're going to get Vic. They, this thing could turn really quickly. And if you look at the Western Conference right now, I mean, don't get me wrong, there are some teams right now on the come up. Uh, there's no doubt. But also, when you start looking at, I think Denver has shown that Denver can be had in the playoffs. You know, Sacramento is in the second seed right now. Do you really believe that Sacramento can make a run to the NBA championship? Because I don't. No, they don't, they're, they're not going to be able to play defense well enough. You know, Memphis. Memphis, I think, is certainly a really, really good team. Do I think that if the Rockets make the type of moves that we just outlined, do I think that the Rockets could contend in a seven-game series with with Memphis, absolutely. I think Phoenix is going to be a problem, yeah. you know. But Durant's no spring chicken. I think he's going to be there a couple of years. The Rockets have a chance here to really improve their roster in the next three. God, John, what is it? Four months? April, May, yeah. June, July. Yeah, by the end of July, this could be a totally separate. This could be a totally different team. But they've got to make some of these moves happen, and they got to be forward thinking on it. They can't just sit back and be like, oh, yeah, you know, hopefully the, the draft works out for us. Yeah, because that's done them a lot of good the last two years. Any final thoughts before I wrap the show up? No, no, I'm all good, brother. Thank you. Uh, thank hey, you very man. much. Have a great week. Absolutely. We'll talk soon. Bye. Thanks, man. This has been another episode of SB Nation's The Dream Shakes, The Dream Take Podcast. Thank you all so much for joining us tonight, Pop, Sean. Great conversation tonight. Uh, we will be back live with you guys uh, the next Rockets game, which is – give me one second. It's crazy. We're 67 games in, so we've got 14 games left the rest of this regular season. Thank God. Uh, the Rockets play tomorrow night. They play Boston uh, at Toyota Center. So we'll be live with you guys after that game. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at MikeBrown underscore 2020. Follow Jeremy at Jeremy Brenner. Follow the Dream Take at the Dream Take. Follow the Dream Shake at Dream Shake SBN. Hey, if you're on Facebook, search the Dream Shake and give us a like there. Finally, head on over to thedreamshake.com for all things Houston Rockets all the time. Back live with you tomorrow night, guys. And until then, go Rockets. Support for Pivot comes from Polestar. 
At Polestar, every inch of every vehicle they design is thoughtfully made. They're made to transform auto performance, accelerating from 0 to 60 in less than 4.2 seconds with fully electric all-wheel drive. They're made to elevate the driving experience with LED headlights and a panoramic glass roof. And they're made to uphold a greater responsibility to the planet using sustainable materials and energy-saving systems. The result is a car that combines the best of today with the technology of tomorrow. Pure performance, pure design, Polestar. Design yours and book a test drive today at polestar.com.